iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Welcome to the game. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and I'm here with all the latest from a fascinating weekend of FA Cup action. Through to the 26th round of the game this season, Julian Lawrence, Stuart Robson, and of course, Matt Dickinson. Which one of these guys is the Crawley Town of the show? I have my own idea, but um, we'll find out soon anyway. So let's start at Anfield, where an underdog was looking for their second upset of the week. Feels kind of weird to describe Liverpool as the as the underdog, uh, especially in, in in this climate. Although I must say, there's uh, no Liverpool supporters on the show this week, uh, at least no uncloseted ones. All right, Dicko, I, I want to start with you because. Obviously, we, we could see this coming. There's often aggro between these two teams. Um, and in this case, there was also the Suarez and the Evra and all that jazz. And I know that there was some fool making monkey gestures and he's since been arrested and so on. But I actually thought, just leaving the football out of it for a second, I actually thought there would have been more aggro and the atmosphere would have been more horrible. And in, in reading the reports, I... Those people who mentioned it, it almost kind of felt like a lot of people said, oh, well, this is going to be bad. I might as well mention that it's bad. But was it that bad? Well, yeah, well, that's the trouble. I guess we, we were trying to put it on the sliding scale of, you know, truly, truly horrendous or slightly horrendous. I mean, I'll put it this way. I, I don't think it is a great situation when a guy, you know, in Everest's position um, is being booed, you know, incessantly um, by the best part of 40,000 people. And then that's being dismissed as, quotes, a bit of banter. Um, you know, are we... Who, who are dismissed we, it as a bit of banter, though? That was Kenny Dalglish described it as a bit, a bit of banter. What was going on between the fans, and, and I, I just don't think, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone anyone is comfortable with ever being um, being targeted like that. I mean, I, I think Tony Barrett described it this morning as sort of well, it was as much for, you know, the evidence he gave as the colour of his skin. Well, you know, <laughs> I just you know, given given the position he was in the first time, the complaint he made, the complaint being upheld, um, you know. I don't think any of us can be entirely uh, comfortable um, with the reception he got at Anfield. Yeah, well, I mean, can, I, can, can, can you? No, I mean, I, I, I don't think. I mean, I, I think Tony Barrett is correct. I, 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 I see no evidence to suggest that Evra was being 
racially abused, but he was being abused because he because of the evidence he gave because he stood up and, and he spoke against Luis Suarez and that annoys them. I mean, you know, he wasn't the only black United player um, on the pitch. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I guess to me, I thought the situation, you know, apart from the abuse, the situation could have been worse. It could have been, and, and I'm sure that you had the Munich chance and the Hillsborough chance and so on, but... I just, I just know, I, I know people in uh, in Liverpool. Most of the same Liverpool fans I speak to are, are not comfortable, you know, to say the least, with with how it's been handled over over the last couple of months. Um, and that's what I come back to. And I, I know Jonathan Northcroft was uh, apparently he was on uh, um, the, on Sky yesterday and talking about um, how you know he's got a, um, a black partner and from Liverpool and how and, and how. Upset she's been by it, and I think that reflects the view, say, of of most intelligent Liverpool fans I speak to. They're not comfortable with it. They want to move on as fast as possible, and they 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 don't want their their fans to to, to, to keep stirring it up and being you know perceived to be in this sort of hugely defensive mindset. Um, it's going to take quite a while for that to to, to sort of be diluted. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, intelligent Liverpool fans I speak to are not at all at ease with the you know where the club has found itself in the last couple of months and that includes and that included Saturday even though yes you know commentators are right to say it could have been worse it has been worse it might have been a lot worse um, and we should be thankful for those small mercies I guess Julian uh, from what you saw uh, Everett was on his best behaviour and he kind of you know I thought he did well to stay calm because I think a bit like Dico said I think it was a disgrace the way he was abused I mean you know Imagine another, you know, black player who got the same, you know, same problem with 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 someone like Suarez that I ever had. It would maybe put him off to complain about it because of all, you know, he might he might think it's not worth it to have all that abuse after just saying that someone called me a Negro, and 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 I don't think it was it was good for the game the way the Liverpool fans treated Patrice Evra on Saturday. I really do. Uh, Stuart, you played in some very highly charged times for some rather highly charged um, clubs. Um, I think more West Ham than, than Arsenal, of course, because, you know, with all due respect, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, as a as a player on the pitch, I mean, we asked before, but you must have been in situations where you were aware of, of, of either you yourself getting abuse or, or, or teammates getting abuse. Did you ever think about that? Why are they having a go at so-and-so or... When you're on the field, yes, you hear it. It shouldn't make any difference. It, didn't, it never made any difference to me. It's just background noise. It's just background noise. The only abuse that would, would upset you is abuse from your own supporters. That's the only abuse that would have ever affected, a, I thought, a Did player. that happen? Did you have your own supporters I, I, I never, abusing you or I was one very of your teammates? Fortunate. I, I never got abuse. I was player of the year at all three clubs I played at. So I was quite popular. But a lot of other players I saw, it did affect them. Teammates abuse. Teammates got abuse, you know, uh, just for the way they were playing. You know, you, you'll see it now. If you go to... We saw it last week when Archerfin comes on the field. Now, once he goes on the field and he gets that sort of abuse of the of the fans, and, and it's very, very difficult for you to enjoy your football or to play well. Back to the issue at hand, a guy who I think has Manchester United fans have certainly publicly blacked back into the hill, um, but it's been a big talking point. Uh, De Gea, some of his goalkeeping, and obviously, you know, Andy Carroll runs into him. Um, it's the old Nat Lofthouse thing. We can debate it whether it's a foul, not a foul. 
Um, but Dicko, do, do you think that has you know that incident aside, are you are you one of those people who buys the whole like he needs to go to the gym and get bigger because of course. You can't be a good goalkeeper unless you're built like a bodybuilder. Um, well, it's bad to this. I mean, Schmeichel, um, you know, talked talked um, about how he used to, um, you know, they, they used to sort of go out and training and get the players to sort of, you know, headbutt in sort of fashion and um, fashion style in the, in those days to, to to sort of toughen him up and, and get him used to playing in, in English in in English league and English conditions. I, you know, I'm always I've sort of taught myself ever since I made a fool of myself. Um, um, Judging Robert Perez after a flaky first season to to try and um, withhold judgment, um, you know, for, for 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 a season on on particularly on certain foreign players um, who have clearly shown a bit of class elsewhere and and are, and are struggling in their first season um, over. But you know, there's no doubt he is struggling. I mean, to to, to the, for the amount of outlay, financial outlay they gave for, for, for De Gea and for him not to be able to hold down a regular first team place. And for him to be sort of Fergie to be constantly trying to sort of second guess where the best place for him to play is, what sort of conditions, what sort of game. I mean, I, I was almost surprised he did pick him in this game, given the likelihood of Carroll playing, given the likelihood of some of Liverpool's approach. Um, and you know, I don't think it was all his fault. There's a there's a there's a certain lack of of height and power and decisiveness in in United's defence, but it was an accident waiting to happen, if you ask me. Was it a foul? Um, what the, the Carroll incident? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'd say so, but that doesn't excuse the point. This sort of changed the point that you know the picking picking De Gea for this game. I don't think. Well, I was surprised. I was surprised. Well, exactly. But if if it was a foul, Stuart, then you could have had, you know. I mean, you you could have had some some combination of Peter Schmeichel and, and Peter Check in there, or somebody ten feet tall, and if you're fouled, you're fouled, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how big. Yeah, you are. I, I, I don't. Th- I think goalkeepers are overprotected first and foremost. As soon as they yeah, get, so you touched. don't think it was. I don't. Th- I don't think. No, I think it was correct. The, the the goal itself, you know, it's very difficult when there's players in front of you. What's he going to do? Wrestle people to get in front? of I think you should work harder to try and get in front of them. But the, the real fault became from Carrick. Carrick was marking Aga. Carrick started to run towards the ball with Aga. Aga just stepped back and heads the ball into 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 the goal where obviously De Gea had started to come but he couldn't get there but the real fault was with Carrick it was poor defending and that's why when he played at centre half Manchester United weren't a very good side Julien do you, you like this whole physical no I agree no, no no I mean I think people are a bit harsh with De Gea really because mm. like Stuart said no one challenged Aga at all on the ball no one even jumped he was, he was the only one to jump and it was the easiest goal he's ever scored and, and to be fair I think the most shocking defending United had on Saturday was Evra on the second mm. goal the only thing Carroll could do on the long ball like that was just flick it to Kurt and Evra was just sleeping there. I don't know what he was doing. That was not, that was far worse. Not for the first time this season. If you go back over all the goals Manchester United true. have conceded so far this season, Evra's positional play has been... He's been excellent going forward, but he's stopped recovering. He doesn't want to recover anymore and that was a prime example of it. Uh, so that uh, was more shocking than De Gea, I thought. Are there any Manchester United defenders who don't stink, Stuart? Uh, no, because you, you, no, you, no, had, no, you had no, some no, bad no, word to say about 
about all of them. No, Smalling, I think, has got good potential. Uh, Jones has potential, but if you've seen him from the first few weeks to the last few weeks, yeah, I know he's, he's injured. Deteriorating. He's deteriorating yeah. and he's lost his way and he hasn't, right. he hasn't seen danger Real well enough. bad back, yeah. Vittich can't walk, so, the Wonder Twins well, are They've got hurt. one magnificent defender, the best defender in the Barclays Premier League, and that's Vittich, and he's unfit, he's right. injured. So that's the problem that Manchester United have got at the moment. But I think even even if you say that you know part of the goal was, was uh, in both goals is, is overblown, I, I don't think anyone would say that De Gea has sort of come in and for, what was he, did he cost 18 odd million? Um, you know, he's playing, as you would hope, um, a you know, clearly talented um, and obviously expensive goalkeeper would play. Say, I, you know, I go, go back to the original point about um, Perez and many other foreign players, you, you know, he, he, he deserves and needs time um, to, to make a big adjustment and to a big adjustment like, you know, the huge club like Manchester United. But, How you know, Ferguson, Ferguson is clearly Ferguson is clearly nervous about uh, about when to pick him and, uh, and and his form and his temperament and what what all of that you know transmits to the rest of the defence. Looking at, at Liverpool, um, when I saw the, the lineup, Julian, um, and I thought, you know, oh look, Carragher, and I thought to myself, you know, this process where Kenny's angry, they lose to Bolton. They pull off that, 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 I thought, really spirited performance against City. They're through the final. And, and then he changes it again, you know, against their biggest rival and, and chucks some Carragher in there. Like, it's, it's counterintuitive, but it obviously worked. Although you're yeah. making a face, so you think... No, I, I, I just struggled to follow him. I struggled to follow Kenny. I mean, I, I really don't understand. The game against Stoke was, for me, just the worst tactical decisions I've ever seen. For the best defence in the Premier in League... To, no, the Stoke one, when they drew nil nil at home. Oh, right, when right. he played it with three men at the back... And like so, five in midfield. It was just like even the players on the pitch didn't know, you know, who was playing where, what to do. And I really struggled to to, to follow him. And I think he's got a very good squad that should be doing better than than what, at least in the league than what they're doing. And for me, part of it is is because of all those changes he makes all the time, all those tactical things that he does, which most okay. of them, in my opinion, well, have no sense. You say that it worked. It didn't work because Carragher was non-existent in the first half. He couldn't. He didn't do any defensive work because they weren't. There wasn't nobody in and around him for Manchester United. Because oh, Rooney, come on, Rooney wasn't his passion, playing. his leadership. His <laughs> he, he hardly touched the ball. Okay. And when he and he was playing, he, sometimes he dropped in between his two centre halves when there was no need to. He couldn't get on the ball and dictate the play. And he was Liverpool spare player in that hole just in front of his two centre-halves so it only changed when he actually came off the field that's when Liverpool started playing well so it was a mistake by Dalglish I think he probably recognised that he made a mistake by putting Carragher on there in the first place it's probably I mean, the first time ever he played there Carragher no. he can't even pass the ball how can he play in that holding role I think he, role? he played some midfield earlier in his career in fact I think he was a striker actually <laughs> really? when he was even younger yeah but no, I'm interested but Dickel I'm interested in the process of Dalglish doing something you know which we can say didn't work perhaps but changing it again changing a successful team and ultimately you know for all the criticism I look back there and you know his defense Glenn Johnson's a guy but nobody says oh he can't defend he can't defend look at Glenn Johnson can't defend Skirtle and Agger I believe are the same Skirtle and Agger who who were kind of ordinary for Hodgson and, and, and for Rafa um, and you know Jose Enrique's been good but he's been up and down and he's lost his defensive shield in midfield and yet they haven't conceded many goals this season I mean can we give well, I, well, I can we give Douglas a little credit there 
Well, you can get a little credit. I mean, they're you know they are improved um, on on a year ago and improved on you know where it was was heading under Roy Hodgson. But I, I still think there's some big issues um, unresolved. So, you know, some big decisions for Fenway to make about how much you know how much more they're going to back him um, financially until he sort of proves that the, that the money he's already spent um, has, has gone the right way. And um, so I, I I don't and I agree with Julian there about um, you know. You shouldn't just sort of sit there and say, "Well, because it's better than it was a year ago, therefore it's as good as it should be." Um, I think he's made. I agree. I think he's he's changing around an awful lot, um, sometimes inexplicably, um, and you know, he's he's still um, trying to explore the potential of this squad. And I, I I don't think it's you know it's not just sort of a plus. Kenny's doing a, a great job. I think I think you know we, we I sort of you know got some stick for from Liverpool fans, you know, wrote a slightly sceptical piece about about it all last week and they won two games and of course the good old Twitter <laughs> sphere lights up with, you know, eat your words you fool. Well, you know, I'm not gonna eat my words you fool because, you know, I, I think it's a, a work in progress. We're still still a lot to be proven. Hey, moving on to another uh, um, local rivalry, which was also charged for all the wrong reasons. And by the way, after the show, I hope we don't have to talk about race for for a good long while. Um, QPR and Chelsea. Now, Dicko, I want to understand this because I, I don't really want to be one of those people who criticizes the FA all the time, blah, blah, blah. But I, I actually just kind of think like for the past 18 months, and even though I thought things were going to be better with Bernstein, but maybe maybe he's not the problem. Maybe it's the people who work under him. Maybe it's the mysterious Alex Horn. What the hell is this all about? The handshake and no, you must get your handshake. You could prejudice the courts. I mean, you know, I, I I was in the states this week. I told, I tried to explain this to people, and they looked at me like I had three heads. What the? Heck? Can you can you just summarize what happened and try well, to explain why this happened? Well, as far as I'm aware, you know, there, there is the usual handshake. Um, QPR players. Uh, we are led to believe were, were sort of decided to come out en masse um, uh, and, and sort of be in solidarity with Anton Ferdinand that they would not shake Terry's hand. Fair and enough. Basically, this was going to be clearly going to be the back page picture um, in every newspaper, if not the front page picture. And actually, in those circumstances, can you seriously blame the FA or both clubs for just saying, hang on a minute? Uh, let's just scrap the whole thing. If the FA, if the FA told the players, okay, no handshakes, you're not allowed to handshake. It's the same argument as when the FA did their stupid uh, uh, Poppygate garbage, where they're like, you know, we're going to force people to wear poppies and we're going to give them the strop the with these. That was the day. That was the day. I mean, I. Yeah, I, I no, this wasn't that, the Daily Mail. Was it was the FA. Was, I was going to tell me the Daily Mail runs the FA. No, no. Well, there were times when there times when it might seem that way. Um, but now that you know, that was the day that you know, the FA, someone at the FA with too much time on their hands, floated an idea, and the F, and the Daily Mail, you know, decided it was it was fantastic. And then next thing you know, you've got the EDL on the roof of FIFA. Um, yeah, exactly. And when, when when you're on the same side of the EDL, so then this time problem. around, but, this, no, this, this time this, around, you're this telling this is a pragmatic. This is a pragmatic decision on faith on Saturday morning. You know, how good would it be for the game for for any of 
our sanities if front back page pictures everywhere were a line of 11 guys refusing to shake hand with John Terry. Well, the best now, thing is not to have a handshake in the first place. Well, yeah, I, I'm, not sure why, I'm not sure why we, we have handshakes before the game. Well, it never used to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they do it now. If you want to shake somebody's hand after the game and everybody uh, look as though they've, they've got on well, then that, that's a great thing. You, well, in rugby, they do the hacker towards each other. And, and uh, you, you know, I just don't I agree, understand what this handshake is all about. I think, that's a, I think that's a fair point. But all I'm saying is, I, you know, I don't see how, I don't really see how anyone can blame the FA or the clubs for coming to this, the, the decision that just scrapping it on, on Saturday was, just made sense because, you know, they, did, they didn't want a load of crappy pictures everywhere. And can you blame them for that? Yeah, I can actually, and I think I will Why? because Why? What's, what's the, what, what, who what are you to go and tell players what they can do before the game? Yeah, you know, well, I'm no, sorry, yeah, but like they're, they're, telling, them they're, they're telling them they have to shake hands before the game, don't they? They, they don't tell them they have to shake well, hands. To it's a convention. Up. They have to line up. You don't and they have go to shake hands. I, I don't remember anybody going. But the whole like, point of that lineup is so that they shake hands. Right. It's a waste of time. The only thing it's good for is co-commentators and commentators to look and see what what the player looks like when you don't know the teams. That's the only thing it's good for. Dicko, hey. So they actually did this because they didn't want pictures coming out of players avoiding each other. This is the reason they give. Because I also read that it was going to somehow prejudice like the court well, proceedings think, of John I Terry. That, I think that's an extra, a sort of slightly far-fetched extrapolation of that. You know, therefore, if it had been on the front, I, but yeah, I, I agree. That's 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 pushing it. But I mean, I think the main reason to say it was simply because it was just. You know, I've heard some people say, oh, the FA scrapped it because they didn't want to embarrass John Terry, who is, um, um, remarkably or not, still the England captain. But um, uh, I think ultimately it was a sort of PR-y type decision and both clubs agreed. So if, if both clubs agree and the FA think, well, this is an easy way out, well, it's going to happen, isn't it? So Sean Wright Phillips had wanted to uh, embrace his cuddly former teammate Peter Check. He wouldn't have been able to. Well, I'm sure he could have arranged a little personal, private... I think they did, on, in the tunnel, on, on half, before the game. Halfway line. Exactly. Right, I, but just... I, I mean, it's... it's if uh, if the conclusion of all of this is uh, let's just scrap the whole uh, the whole sort of charade before the games, then I don't think any of us are going to lose any sleep over it, are we? But it's, you know, equally, it's been going along perfectly happily for three or four years now without you know I don't, you know I'm not sure you've done too many podcasts of let's scrap the handshake. Um, it's come up because of particular circumstances, and it both well both of them just coincidentally seem to involve John Terry. It's amazing, amazing, yeah, exactly. amazing, amazing how he seems and to there be was also all. William Gallas. And uh, Samir Nasri was uh, was yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah. You guys, you guys have to stop bringing everything back to Arsenal. That's that's, that's two straight topics that you've done it. So we, we were talking we, about we handshakes. Now, there was another handshake, didn't we? Are we leading a scrap the handshake campaign? In no, the I don't. I said, I mean, I just don't like it when 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 people go and and infringe on. I mean, you do the handshakes before the game because it gives off an image of. Of, of, of friendly competition here you've got two teams who supposedly they agree they're not going to they're, they're not going to shake hands or at least I think they were just not going to shake John Terry's hands I think they were very happy to, to shake Florian Maluda's well, hand well here to, we'll tell you why you do my, my, my nine year old kid played football yesterday and they don't shake hands before the game at the end they all have to line up and shout hip hip hooray for the, for the other team VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And then shake their hands. So you're going back to your public school days, aren't you, Dicko? Yeah, that's the answer. We we get Chelsea to like, we get John Terry to shout three cheers for QPR, hip hip hooray at the end. There we go. There's my solution. Um... Football-wise, it wasn't much of a game, um, but I got to go back to this. Daniel Sturridge wins a penalty. Um, you know, I put up with pundits on TV saying, "Oh, look, you know, when like Balotelli goes down easy, like, oh well, but he's Italian, so you understand that." Ah, uh, is Sturridge? Uh, is, I know he has a vowel on the end of his name. Is he another uh, cheating foreigner import, or what? Where did he learn this? You can't even say he learned it from. You know, because what he he played at Chelsea, and you know whose strikers are, are are, are African, and and, and I mean, where, where, where do you learn this? Yeah, well, well, was it a dive, or was he just being clever? Uh, well, most players now go down far too easily, and Sturridge was another one. Look at the game, uh, the game earlier in the season when uh, David Luiz uh, gives Helgeson a little shove in the back, and Helgeson throws himself to the ground. It's a penalty, and I think Sturridge did it. So it's wrong. We want to see players stay on their feet, but they don't do it anymore. It's it, and we, at the press, aren't helping because every when I'm doing co-commentaries, the producers and the directors are looking at every. Was that a push? Was that a dive? Was this that? They're looking for it. There's something that doesn't even happen. You don't even know about it, and they say. In the box, we're just going to go back because someone was pulling somebody's shirt. Can we? Can we have a look at that? We're looking for, and now players take them, make the most of it, and they'll dive and they'll jump around and they'll scream now when they get tackled. It, it's it's embarrassing. Dicko, was it the kind of thing where, as Jose Mourinho says, Sturridge actually just helped the referee make a decision because he was fouled, and the uh, referee, the referee being, you know, because the referee was Mike Dean. He might not have given the foul if Sturridge hadn't gone down. No, I'm, I'm with Stuart on this one. This, you know, th- this one was this one was plain um, plain throwing yourself down. I mean, he didn't he didn't have to. So no, I mean, look, there are those occasions, and as you said, there's the great English hypocrisy when Michael Owen takes an opportunity to go down over an Argentinian in a World Cup. Then um, we all say, um, well done. Um, uh, Paul scores with his hand. Stinky, stinky, cheating foreigner. Then it's uh, it may be different. But no, this 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 one was um, stinky, stinky Englishman. Um, <laughs> Julian uh, Ramirez gets hurt. He's possibly been Chelsea's best midfielder this season. Um, should uh, should Villas Boas go and look to the transfer market now? Yeah, it might be a bit late though, but um, but no, I think it's a big blow, big blow for Chelsea. Yeah, it was really, you know, he's, he's improved so much. I remember some podcast we did last year where where we were very critical of him. I think not me. No, no, maybe not you, but me, me for sure. But um, no, a bit like what Dico was saying earlier with foreign players. I think they need a bit of time to adapt, and that's what Ramirez did. I think he had some very very poor games last season, and he's done much much better this season. And I think they're gonna miss him. 
Well, he's the one player that gives them that little bit of drive at the moment. You know, when he's closing the ball down, he does it with urgency. He gets tight to people. He wins tackles. And when they win the ball back, when he runs forward, he runs forward at, at great crazy. pace. He's quick. <laughs> whether he's playing as a midfield player or whether he's playing as a wide right player, because he's played as wide right in two or three yep. games this season. And he's done very well. He's the one that, because that's where Chelsea are lacking at the moment. They can't play with urgency or tempo anymore. They're not doing that. Ramirez is the one player that has been. It's always going to score a goal before Drogba gets back from the African Cup of Nations. This is the. Um, I can't. I can't, I'm not sure I can bear the bear the thought that Drogba is just going to come out. He's still not going to score the goal and just walk, walk back into the team. I knew somebody was going to pick on on, on Torres uh, uh, at some point, um, but I, I, I think the answer is probably no, Dicko. Um, but uh, just to wrap it up, QPR. Um, I almost got the sense afterwards that Mark was like, well, you know. Oh, gee, what a shame. We're out of the FA Cup because what he really wants to do is keep QPR up and maybe spend some more money and advance his managerial career in QPRs. Uh, Does anybody disagree? Uh, Anybody feel there's anything wrong with that? Well, you and I disagree about the FA Cup. I still think it's a fantastic competition and it, it, make, it keeps your fans happy. Uh, it gives them something to look forward to. Now all they've got to look forward to is a scrap against relegation. It might be good for Mark Hughes. I'm not sure it's good for the fans or the club. Dicko, is this real politics? Do you think fans would wrap... Do you think fans prefer a, a, a cup run or... Both. Well, I say, why... why? You know, there are times when it can stretch resources, but blimey, it's the FA Cup. It's not, you know, it's not the Champions League. It's um, it's uh, a game every three or four weeks, and it can create some positive momentum. So, you know, it's, it's not a competition to. Yeah, their priority is to stay up, but you know, that's no reason why they can't try and stay up and try and beat Chelsea on Saturday. Uh, we spent a lot of time debating what to have as our debate topic, and then that decision was was sort of made for us um, when uh, when Duncan Castles and the Sunday Times started reporting that Jose Mourinho had decided he was going to leave Real Madrid, and then he sort of did this nice big graphic with like which team will Jose choose, and because of course it's entirely up to him. Um, I, I did a little bit of reporting on it, as um, best I have ascertained. Uh, He's very happy to put the message out that he he wants to leave at the end of the season and everything is probably changeable between now and then. Um, Dicko, you're probably the biggest Mourinho fan here. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad manager. We just had with just certain disagreements over the ethics ethics of the game. <laughs> exactly. But uh, seriously, I, I mean... I think this is this is. I mean, he's, he's he's done this before when you know he's sort of threatened to leave and whatever, and it's his way of keeping people in line. And he he feels he's not, you know, the, 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 he feels he's unhappy that the the, the that the sort of furious row he had with uh, with Sergio Ramos in training was leaked entirely to the media, and he feels he should get more respect and blah blah blah. But um, so he might well change his mind, especially. I mean, the, they're likely going to win the league. Um, but I, I want to get a sense from you. Is it a situation where he really can write his own ticket? I mean, if he if he comes and, you know, as much as City might talk about Mancini or Arsenal might talk about Wenger or whatever, or even Chelsea or Villas-Boas, if he goes straight to the owner and says, hey, sack him, get me, because I am the special one, well, well do you think clubs would, would get rid of their big managers? 
Well, it's fascinating. I mean, I think City would have done. Um, I think you know, eighteen months or so ago, yeah. I think, I think. Well, I, I, I understand that City were pretty much offering um, Mancini, uh, Mourinho a blank check, but things have moved on since then. You know, Mancini has been backed, you know, hugely. Not just, um, not just in terms of sort of signings in and out, but you know, the whole Te- Tevez row and, and just you know, the, the, the hierarchy standing sort of full square behind him. So, you know. If, if Mancini takes City to the to the league title, you know, it's, obviously certain clubs, um, Real Madrid prominent among them, have sacked managers in those situations. But uh, you know, it's certainly not. It would it would go against the grain of what we've seen at City um, in the last six months to a year. It, you know, for them to do so, um, you know, they've tried to sort of put, you know, paint themselves as a, a sort of rational club that are trying to build something, not as a you know Real Madrid um, just sort of firing people left, right, and centre. So there's that issue to be brought in. United, obviously, the, I mean, I was speaking to someone seen United again the other day, um, day, and and on the one, you know, a they're not expecting Fergie to. To, um, uh, to to bow out, you know, anytime soon, uh, and also, you know, they, you come back to this fascinating debate about sort of the values of Manchester United and whether Mourinho reflects them. Um, so it turns around in his own, t- you know, and then, well, then you could argue, well, if he, you know, does he want to come back to a club like a Tottenham, where, you know, he's going to be the underdog without the resources to take on the big boys? So it's it's probably not quite as simple as 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 as, as maybe you know uh, it was was painted in the Sunday Times in terms of you know he does write his own ticket, but given given the quality he's got, does any can any club afford to ignore Jose Mourinho? Looking at, at some of the other, I mean, I think you know, Dicko summed up those clubs very well. Looking at some of the other possibilities that uh, another three clubs out there you can mention. Chelsea have just appointed um, Villas Boas. Things aren't, you know, things are up, they're down, they're still in the top four, but you still wouldn't see them abandoning the project after after just a year. Um, with Cronkich, I'm going to ask the two Arsenal people here, but with Cronky in charge and given how much he likes spending, uh, I'm assuming we can rule out that he's going to boot Wenger. Um, one thing can I say, yep. I do think, you know, I mean, like you said, he, I mean, Jose is many things, you know, brilliant manager, tactician, organizer, etc. but he is a great big tart as well. I mean, as you say, every time he comes back to set foot in England, he, he deliberately drops in a piece saying, oh, I love England, I love England. I mean, there's been the cult of the manager there is the cult of the manager here and particularly the cult of Mourinho in a way that he's got not got anywhere else and he loves he loves that and I'm sure he wants to return to England at some stage but he ain't it's a, he isn't half a tart the way he he sort of keeps sort of flashing you know flashing a bit of leg and a bit of skirt at, um, at English clubs and English fans well Dicko I would say as a coach and a manager every club would want him but as a person I don't think they would there's lots of clubs now that wouldn't want all the aggro that goes with his press comments and the way he, he, he actually doesn't give the club a good image at times. The other thing is, does he at this stage does he come as a package with George Mendes too? Because obviously, you know, I read, and that's one of the issues at Real Madrid. I mean, they got rid of everybody in the hierarchy um, between him and the president, just one guy. Um, and this is a situation where, you know, you've got Di Maria, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, you've got Carvalho, you've got Pep, you've got um, Contrao. I mean. One agent has the manager, six players. Um, does that? 
Uh, I mean, at Inter, they were able to keep him out, although he still managed to deposit that colossal turd, otherwise known as Ricardo Caresma, on his doorstep. Um, I mean, is that is that something that clubs think about when they sign managers, who their agent is? I mean, QPR obviously don't, but does that come into it, Dicko? I think it does. We you know, sort of go back to the sort of Manchester United issue of of, of control, um, you know, control of the, the club not wanting to to just sort of hand over everything. You know, I don't think necessarily to the Mourinho way. Um, and like you say, and that involves him being able to sort of. I mean, you might. I, I'm sure someone will retort saying, "Well, haven't they done that with Fergie?" But you know, he's he he. He did come with an understanding of what of what Manchester United, um, the Manchester United built by Busby, um, the, the, the 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 huge accent on on youth that he has tried, not always succeeded, but at times obviously spectacularly succeeded um, in cultivating. Um, and I do think the Stewart's right. I think that the. Mourinho brings a whole set of baggage, which I do not think United are rushing to embrace. Now, you know, equally for United, you've got an issue of who are the alternatives. You've got one of the hardest handovers, you know, one of the most complicated, daunting, intimidating handovers in the history of football management, taking over from Ferguson. And how many guys are there out there that you trust? Absolutely, to not let standards drop, and right. he has to be—he has to be on that list. Even though, like Stewart, uh, you know, um, I very much come from the camp that that finds Mourinho. You know, when someone called him anti-football, um, uh, you know, I understood where they were coming from. Um. I I can I will bet anybody here a steak dinner. In fact, I will take you all out to dinner. I guarantee you he is, as long as the Glazers are in charge, Mourinho has zero chance of becoming manager of Manchester United. Uh, they will not countenance him in any way. And it's got nothing to do with anti-footballer's image. It simply has to do with his spending um, and some of the moves he makes. And even in terms of power, they will tolerate certain things from Sir Alex Ferguson because he is Sir Alex Ferguson. And in many ways, he's built the modern Manchester United. He's earned the right to be... Uh, and he's earned the right the, to do certain things. a dictator things. at Manchester United. You know, Mourinho, no, uh, they wouldn't do it. Now, if, you know, wealthy... Um, Asian zillionaire ex who's always linked to the club when the Glazers want to sell some shares. If he buys the club, then, you know, maybe it's a different story. Uh, one club we haven't mentioned, but which Duncan does mention, um, are Liverpool, who I believe, uh, and Dicko, you might know more about this, but I believe that before hiring Benitez, there was a little bit of a simpatico between them and, and Mourinho, who, of course, was at Porto at the time and wasn't quite Mourinho yet. Um... Is that you're back to the money issue, aren't you? It's like you said. I mean, he, you know, he wants the the, the, the club he wants to to go to. He wants to spend money. He wants, you know, as you say, Mendes as gatekeeper to to be um, bringing in a few uh, a few favourite favoured players. And Liverpool, you know, Liverpool's rationale for, for Fenway buying the group was built on financial fair play coming in and curtailing Chelsea and City and allowing them to sort of float naturally back back towards the top of English football. And you know, uh, Mourinho Mourinho would be given you know, huge authority at Liverpool, but would he be given stacks of money? Um, not the sort of money he he wants to spend, I'm sure. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an interesting one. You, you try to imagine what would be going through. Mourinho's mind. Does he want to take over 
an established club um, uh, with all the sort of expectations that that brings or, do, or does he want to go back to being a, a sort of underdog um, and dragging another club up from the bottom I would have thought the sort of situation okay. he's in he's more used to being the sort of top dog um, having the power having the money having the clout I, I'd argue that he was only the underdog once and that was in the six months he mm. spent at Laria I mean outside of that he, I think he likes being in you know I mean if you look at where he's worked but even before Porto Benfica Barcelona as an assistant I mean come on but um, just to wrap this up on on Liverpool Julian is it this sort of thing I mean we touched on Doug Leach before where I'm trying to imagine if I'm the owners I can't sack Doug Leach I can suggest that he might want to resign and Doug Leach when we've seen in his, in, in, in his own record if things you know if he feels he's not doing a job up to his standards and he doesn't have any more answers you know he actually is one of those people who I think has a dignity to say okay let's leave somebody else to go rather than hanging around and waiting for paychecks and compensations and stuff like that I, yeah that's true I think the problem could be Damien Comelli you know we, we talked about before about Jorge Mendes arriving with Mourinho and everything and if you remember the Mourinho um, problem with Valdano at Real Madrid I yeah. know Damien Comelli is not Valdano but Comelli is very very important you know at Liverpool today you know he, he does everything at Liverpool today Actually, I'm just going to ask you because you're French I assume you know the situation by the me just has nothing to do with anything <laughs> Does Kamali take credit for signing Jordan Henderson and Stuart Downing, or is it one of those things where it becomes like a big fudge and like those are Kenny? I got Suarez. I mean, or does he? From from why? Because he, he does not give a straight answer. No, he doesn't. He does. It's always these group communal decisions, but the good ones. When, but he's very happy good, to talk about Suarez and never happy to talk exactly. about Downing. Exactly. That's that's typically yeah. you know who, what kind of guy he is like when he works. All people do that, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. But when when the guy is good, he's his. When he's not good, he's you know it <laughs> was everybody's. Okay. Yeah, that and I, I know, but I do believe that, that that could be a problem, you know, in, for Mourinho to come, you know, for, for Liverpool to have him as well. Is that Kamali and Mourinho can't work together? That's quite clear. There is, of course, one other big job in England, and uh, Mourinho didn't specify necessarily he wants to come back to the Premier League. But uh, the England man, there'll be a managerial opening for the England job uh, after the Euros. Mourinho has applied to be England manager once before. Uh, Anybody see that happening? Uh, Julian, one sentence. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. Stuart. Oh, I can't see the FA taking that. I can't see him getting on with the FA, Mourinho. Yeah, because they're such wonderfully principled people. Dicko? I think it's un- un- unlikely. I mean, I, how serious was he the last time? Uh, well, according to Duncan Castles, he was very serious, but the FA weren't serious enough, uh, and they weren't up to his standard. But there's different people running the FA now. Time now for some quick hits. Ooh, should start with Arsenal. Gee, I wonder who that one's going to. Arsenal go two goals down at halftime at home to Aston Villa, get booed off the pitch, then storm back to win 3-2. So, Stuart, Stuart, you see, booing and abusing your own fans really does help them pull their finger out, get off their backsides, and go and win the game. Am I right? Well, I'm not sure you're right, but what Arsenal did in the in the first 25 minutes of the second half, they played with an urgency, a passion, a desire. They played forward-thinking football. They played the ball forward. They ran forward. They defended as if their lives depended on it. That's what they should be doing at the start of the games, not at the end of the games. So was that? So I guess we should. Where anybody else? We talk about an inspirational halftime speech and stuff like that, right? Uh, no, it was the crowd. The crowd. <laughs> the crowd. 
Uh, Gus Poyet and Brighton served up some good old-fashioned FA Cup giant killing, knocking Newcastle out of the cup. Uh, Dicko, how good is Gus Poyet? Last we heard of him, he was defending Luis Suarez, and he went from being a good guy to a bad guy again. Uh, is he ready to be a good guy again and maybe even a, a viable Premier League manager? Well, I was going to say, I wouldn't employ him on, on his race relations skills. Um, wasn't he the guy who said, yes, if you're fat in Uruguay, I call you fatty. What's the problem? Um, but, um, so, equal equalities, I'm not so sure. But, yeah, no, very good. It's, um, a couple of friends of mine are Brighton fans and um, would weep, literally, if he left. Uh, he's doing that well. Uh, sticking with Newcastle, Alan Smith is reportedly on his way to MK Dons, who will pay 5% of his wages with Mike Ashley picking up the rest. Uh, Julian, I don't want to pick on Alan Smith. Many footballers are in that situation. But um, is there a part of you who has sympathy with Smith? Um, can we imagine a world where footballers don't have guaranteed contracts? And if you're just crocked for so long or rubbish for so long, they can just give you some money and kick you to the curb? I've got no sympathy. I think it's a, it's a disgrace, really. For all the money he's been paid for the last few years to do nothing, he should, he should go to MK Dons and play for free. Whole season. Well, it's not his fault he's not as good as he was. He's just, he's just, he's just cashed in doing nothing at all for like so many years. Just should play for free or go Sunday League football. There you go. Right, Gab, one for you. Uh, Eden Hazard last night revealed on French TV that he was going to finish the season at Lille and then move to England. He didn't say which club. Do you think it's a good thing for English Premier League and where do you think it's going to go? Well, obviously, he was, he was linked with, uh, with Chelsea uh, earlier this month. Um, I wasn't able to stand that one up uh, at all. Uh, I do know Chelsea looked at him um, before. When, I mean, he was sort of would have been the alternative to, to Juan Mata. Uh, you could in, envision a system, you know, a Christmas tree with, with Mata and Hazard and Torres in front. Maybe that's what, uh, um, what, uh, what Villas-Boas is plotting. Only thing I would say is that front three doesn't really give you too much in terms of physical presence presence and, and the ability to press and whatnot. Um, but yeah, a tremendous player and uh, part of that Belgian renaissance I often like to talk about. All right, that's all we've got time for this week. But remember, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find your news, your gossip, your analysis, web chats. I do mine on Tuesdays. Dicko, you do one as well, right? Thursday, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, whatever it is. Thursdays with Dicko, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever it is. Also, uh, a bunch of us are on Twitter. I am, Julian, you're on there. And, of course, Dicko, you are too, right? At Dickinson Times. At Dickinson Times, not to be confused with Emily Dickinson. If you're a Liverpool fan, I want to abuse me, join the club. Liverpool fans, at Dickinson Times, feel free to abuse. And also poetry lovers, Uh, you might quote some Emily Dickinson to him. He enjoys that as well. Till next week, bye-bye. 